US 131 Motorsports Park. What you like most about drag racing? We are live right now with Modified to the Lanes. Welcome to US 131 Motorsports Park Drag Racing Podcast. Strap in and hang on for all the latest news, results, and happenings from the fastest quarter-mile track in the world. Gary and Justin will offer different perspectives for what's going on at the track and highlighting different drivers and events along the way. This week, we'll be covering... Well, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the points champions. Just uh, mm-hmm. Gary's put together some stats that he always does a great job with and, and talks about those at the banquet. And we know that probably not everybody got to go to the banquet or... Even some of the points champions that may listen to this, it, it might be something good to kind of keep in the in the back of, of you know in your archives or whatever on how well you did this last year. Yeah. And we've got some news and notes about some new cars coming along, a couple new drivers. A couple new paint jobs. Yeah, 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 for sure. And some other things about a couple of uh, events going on this season. And we'll talk a little bit about February 23rd. It's going to be a full day of of racing activities in the in the dead of winter. So That's right. we're not going to want to miss that one. That's a big day. So I uh, want to thank you for taking the time to download and listen to our show. If you enjoy it, please rate us accordingly and tell your friends and family. If you've had ideas or suggestions, please let us know. Well, Gary, it's been a little while since we've got to sit down and talk about what's going on here at 131. I know the, the weather has been... Absolutely terrible. Oh my gosh, like we, we week. came off a week of a polar vortex. Oh man, wow, it was it was unreal. I, I mean, thankfully they uh, at at my work they told us that we did we weren't going outside to do work and man. found yeah. stuff to do to keep ourselves busy inside. Major shrinkage going on, <laughs> just on a trip to the mailbox. Yeah, no kidding. That was a uh, some bite, and of course the camera spent the week in Florida. Yep, yep. Yeah, our, our producer Cameron. Uh, was involved with a, a Elaine Larson and, and, a, and a jet car uh, organization that Wonderful. she was putting together. And yeah. I mean, I wish I could say the weather was good for them down there, but I was talking to Cameron before we started recording, and it not it that didn't, nice. Didn't turn out very well. So yeah. we'll kind of leave that one be. But yeah, it didn't bite the skin on your cheeks when you <laughs> stepped outside like it did here. I'm sure it was oh, much yeah. better. Oh yeah. So you you uh, doing anything exciting to, to pass the winter blues away? Not a lot. We're just sitting at home and listening to the furnace run, watching oh. the calendar go by. Yeah, the, the, the life of a retiree, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's we, been fun. We've been pretty busy. Uh, my my kids, Jason and Kenzie, are both playing basketball, and, and somehow or another I got roped into coaching Kenzie's team with third-grade girls basketball. Oh, my goodness. And I've never played basketball. I could... I could barely tell you many of the rules, so I, I'm not real familiar with it. But well, girls are having up. fun. We're all learning stuff, and and it's it's a lot better of a time than I imagined it would what, be. What's your record so far, Justin? We are we're three and zero. Oh. Wow! So so you're immediate I, success. I, I I don't know about that. There's one of the other dads has quite a bit of basketball knowledge, so I'm going to credit the success to him he's helping <laughs> so That's and good. and jace has been helping out a lot too with our practices and oh. and kind of kind of helping things out keep the girls encouraged and stuff and it's that's, that's, that's how you that's do really it you cool. surround yourself with good people that's right <laughs> <laughs> exactly i wish i could take the credit for it but i definitely can't so you uh you put a lot of work into this points champions as far as you know coming through coming out with the with the statistics and, and rounds one and 
you know, you you do a lot with that, and, and you talk about it at the banquet every year, and it's something that I always enjoy hearing about, and it kind of gives me an idea of what a realistic goal needs to be to for the next season to be a points champion. Yeah, it's uh, it's I have all the stats from the last year, at least for the points race, especially, and I, I usually spend some time to put out, pull that together, see how many rounds each winner won, who won the most, who, uh, who won the most in the buybacks, and things like that, and it's a uh, it's fun to, to kind of pass out the awards every year and, oh, yeah. and be part of that awards banquet. It is. It's a lot of work putting it together, but it's it always is a lot of fun to listen to. I think I had a 33 pages of notes this year. 33 pages of notes for the banquet. <laughs> so, <laughs> plus, I get to know these uh, champions a little bit. Sure, you know? I, sure. I dialogue with the families and learn a little bit about them, and I share that stuff with the with the audience. Oh, yeah. We had a 140 people come to last week's banquet. That was that was really cool. It was a good turnout. It's up it was about 20 percent. That's good. It's a wonderful venue there on uh, Western Michigan's campus and a, a great meal. And uh, we had good weather, so safe travel for everybody. It was just a, a real good time. Really appreciated everybody coming out. Yeah, it happened just before the weather hit. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So what? where, where do you want to start, Gary? Well, you know, in, in each and every one of these groups of, of people, I say groups of people are, are those who are helping these champions win. Oh, yeah. You know, they all have a support group behind them. Uh, nobody can really do this by themselves. Uh, if you look at, you even think of, like, any of these racers, you know, have, have somebody behind them helping them out, pushing them, and uh, push them to this, to this goal. And, and to win a points championship is, is not something everybody can do. No. No, uh, it's definitely not easy. No, that's for sure. Um, you know, Aaliyah Pitch, uh, she won this uh, beginner class last year in her very first race of racing. Yeah, her very, very first, first year. year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And her um, her mom, Amy, and Dad, Travis, of course, are, are backing her up, and her sister, uh, Twista, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. Is, uh, is her number one fan, always giving her fist bumps. But uh, that whole uh, Pitch and Garverlink family took a, took a bow and, and uh, were able to join Aaliyah in, in, uh, in the winter circle this year. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of crazy how that all worked out. And, and there is, I don't know the, of anybody who made it through an entire season without any issues. Yeah. And, and, and the pitches were, were no no exception to that either. I know at the beginning of the season, they, they ran into an issue where the car wasn't running right. It was just kept slowing down and slowing down. Mm -hmm. It turned out to be fuel. They, they threw the old fuel away, put no fuel oh, in yeah. it. And it went right down the racetrack, oh, just yeah. like it's supposed to. So alcohol it, goes bad. It, it does. Yep. It'll it it readily absorbs moisture and it'll go bad. Mm -hmm. And they also had an issue with one of the one of the the back wheels kept wanting to rub and and it mm -hmm. just little stuff, but mm -hmm. it's enough to to add just a little bit of stress to your day. Yeah. And, and throw you off of your your mojo. And a little drama. Yeah, a little bit of drama. It's not a cakewalk, huh? Oh no, no, but, no. <laughs> yeah, Leo won uh, twenty-three rounds of racing. Now that's that's a class that usually just has five rounds, right? Right. Each week it's right. a smaller class, and she won twenty-three rounds, won three races altogether. So she uh, won an average of uh, two point one rounds every week. Sure. Not everybody can say that. No, no, not at all. Yeah, Evan Mutchler is, is amazing. He's been racing four years, and he's won the points three times. How about that kid? How, though? How do you do that? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that. That his his biggest asset is the ice that's running through his veins. Yeah, I mean that he does not yeah. get rattled. Well, Tracy told me that it does happen. You know, and, and uh, you know, down at Memphis, he did so well on Friday night. But when it came to the first round of that big race, sure, it finally he finally got a bit rattled and took off and went about thirty red. His yeah. opponent, anything green would have beat his opponent. Oh yeah, yep. And, and, and that's uh, easy to do off the bottom too. And 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 mm -hmm. I know. 
I know that the the guys that run top bulb and stuff may not quite be able to relate, but there's a thing where you, you meet the bulb coming on. I mm-hmm. mean, you, your foot's going down as that bulb's coming on, and oh, there's yeah. nothing that you can do about it. Yeah, it's, and, it's all over. And and so a bit of adrenaline, and uh, got got him once or twice, but otherwise he is cool as a cucumber oh, on that too. starting line. And that's how he did so well. He won thirty rounds. That's two point seven every week. Yeah, in advance, and he won advanced uh, two years in a row now. So, at a young age, he's going to step up to the seven ninety class right. next year. He's going to start only because his dad wants to challenge him. Right, exactly. And uh, wants him to get better. And and I I have every belief that he will be a contender. Oh yeah. Yeah, this this gosh, what's next? Top yeah. top ET, right? I mean, Who knows? Got to yeah. stay at Judy's. We'll he's see. only, only going to be twelve. So right, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I would think there's probably another championship in the works oh, somewhere. Yeah. There, there, there will be. Yeah, we'll be uh, glad to. See. Well, actually, we'll be lucky to say we knew him when. He, <laughs> he might be headed for big things. He could be. But uh, Kyle uh, had a great year. Oh yeah. I think when I did all these stats, I ended up Kyle had the most rounds won of any I think racer. You're right. Hashtag Team Justin. Really? <laughs> Other than that, 42 rounds of racing he won in yep. street. 3.8 every week. Right. That's, and, and that's, I mean, realistically, that's taking a paycheck home every week. Yeah, pretty much into money every week. And, you know, the, the crazy thing about that is with Donnie Hagar finishing second, mm-hmm. like, he wasn't that far behind. No. You know, that it, to have that many rounds, it was. It was pretty much a two-horse race from yeah. about week three. It was neck and neck. Ron took off real, real good in the beginning, and then uh, it was Kyle and Donnie coming down the stretch. Yes, it was. He only lost in the first round once all year. Now, is Kyle, he said, uh, yeah, Kyle's uh, got a new junior director coming out. Is it going to be a two-horse team next year? Yeah, yeah, his daughter, Aurora, the next one down right. from Cassie. Right. She made some test passes at the end of the season last year oh, okay. and, and really enjoyed it, so... She's going to be getting in a car. Look for her to be running in the in the beginner class this yeah, next year. So Kyle and Amber are going to be even busier. Oh yeah, I know <laughs> how that goes. <laughs> but yeah, that was. Uh, he's been so close so many times. To, you know, second place a couple of times, and uh, finally took the win. Uh, that was that was pretty neat. Sure. In, in uh, fine fashion, you know, oh, yeah. decisively. Oh, big time! I mean, it was definitely a dominating season for Kyle. Mark Hammond won the modified points last year, and he's. Uh, in that cold blue Vega. Oh, yeah. And it was really nice to get to know him a little bit, to talk with him and, and Jane, his wife, on the phone. It was, uh, he is uh, the nicest guy and, and smart, level-headed. And he's been racing for like 12 years. Okay. Not forever, but a good good amount of success over at Milan. Yep. And he, and he made the trip over here. I don't know. I guess the – who came over here from Milan in that group first? The it, Adams? Was, it was the Adams. It was Jim and Mickey Adams yeah. that started coming over here a little bit. And, and then you uh, saw uh, – Jack McLean Jack came McLean. over and – and, and uh, Heinz Haller came over, right? and uh, there's there's Heinz a there's a handful of racers from that side of the state that mm-hmm. you know have come over and and realistically joined the the family here at 131. Yeah, well, including the Hammonds now, and uh, he his first full time year, and he ended up winning the points. Yeah, good good for Mark. He yeah. uh, he definitely had a, a really strong season, and I'm glad that he didn't pour it on at the beginning of the season like he did at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. the last three races, he lost one round, right. and that was a final. Yeah. So that was that was a strong, strong finish up to the season for Mark Hammond. Oh, I didn't mis- mean to miss uh, Trey Goodson. I was wondering if he, he was had the some... advanced junior champion, and uh, he won a close race there. Yes, he did. That came down to the last night of points. Yeah. 
but he'd been, uh, oh, I think fourth one time. He'd been seventh another time, but he finally won it. Just a junior in high school, but it's probably that was his last year in junior dragster. Yep. yep. And so he uh, ended up taking the win. That was that was pretty good. He gave a lot of credit. He got up there and uh, gave credit to all his sponsors, to his family. Oh yeah. Yep. Was, Trey's a good kid, a little goody. Look for him to uh, be stepping up into a big dragster mm-hmm. this next year. Yeah. And it is. It, I know that they're going to get a whole rash of, of a hard time and <laughs> everything else, but it is going to have a, a big block Chevy in it. Mm-hmm. And I know I know how that how that goes, and we may have to start a a former Mopar Guys Anonymous group or something, just a, a support group for yeah. <laughs> those of us that have gone to the dark side. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. You know it is. All in fun. But uh, the, the good thing is they, they traded the car for an engine. Is that how it works? Yeah, I think that's Who, the, who got uh, his car? I don't. I'm not sure exactly okay. who got his car, but they, they got this complete big block Chevy for the dragster. Yeah, not a bad deal. Not right. a bad deal either way. Win-win. Yeah, exactly. I'll say 27 rounds of racing, two and a half rounds every week for Trey. So, I mean, aside from street, which is an is an outlier for you know with the way the points go, mm-hmm. basically if you win third round every week, you're probably going to win points. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, uh, certainly third round. Yeah. Something like a 2.7. Right. Would, would do it most every time. Right. But that's not easy. No, it's not. It's not easy <laughs> to get around first round. <laughs> You're exactly right. But you uh, only lost first round one time. That's what you said, too. Yeah. I thought that Which, was that's, a, that's a huge improvement. That showed up in the stats. I thought, really? And anybody, anybody that knows my racing ventures and stuff knows that I frequent the buyback window. <laughs> so, <laughs> not this year. Not this last year. No, you that was definitely a, a, a vast improvement over the year before. Saved a bunch of money. And then Rick Morley, our top ET, probably one of the most interesting people oh, in yeah. the place. Yeah. You know, drag racing is almost second to his archery. Yeah. He's right. a world-class archer. He's been doing it professionally. He's been a coach. He's been yep. training. You know, people have gone to, to national titles. But uh, the funny thing about him was that he shot elk and moose and caribou and a, a record-holding Yukon moose, and all with a, a bow and arrow. No crossbow, no big guns, just a bow and arrow. That guy's amazing. He's an amazing hunter, and he's a vegetarian. He's not a vegetarian. Oh. <laughs> Don't oh, let him what? fool you. I think he's a vegetarian. Oh, there you so go. So he doesn't eat vegetables. <laughs> that must Only be meat. Only meat. That could be what it was. I might have had that wrong. <laughs> but, uh, hats off to Ricky, Ricky Bobby. Man. Ricky Bobby. Yeah, you know, he's he's a good guy. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's definitely... He's humble in, in all of his accomplishments. Yeah. When he was he was ranked fifth in the world for mm-hmm. archery, yeah. and I you know I talk to him on the phone every now and again. I've asked him before. You know, have you ever done that Robin Hood thing where you shoot one arrow and then you Split. put the next one right inside the first one? He mm-hmm. says, "I quit saving those." Really? Oh yeah. He just and and he and he'll tell you there are a lot of correlations between shoot archery and drag racing just the the amount of focus on on the starting line versus you know the amount of focus it takes to to sight up your target and you know how far to pull back and, and your distance sights and everything oh, else yeah. on, the, on the bow and arrow that it just it takes an immense amount of focus that he's applied to bracket racing and, and it shows mm-hmm. it really shows yeah on the starting line now you, know, you said he was ranked fifth in the nation in archery in the world in the world yeah. How about that? Same thing he finished in the Summit Super Series. Yeah, that's fifth in the world there. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's his. Uh, <laughs> What's left to do? Right, yeah, fourth exactly. and rough, huh? Exactly. And you know, wow. Rick also missed at least a season, maybe even a little bit more than a season, 
of racing here. Oh, yeah, he told me he, he hadn't uh, raced he much had some, in the last two and a half years. Yeah, he had a few health issues with his mm-hmm. back and stuff. Yeah, that's right. Went through a few surgeries, and it just... He, he had a rough go of things for a little while, but it, the same, things seem to be getting better. I know that he's uh, taken a couple trips to Missouri and Illinois to go hunting and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And he's mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's definitely, definitely he's always busy doing something. Yeah, and like you said on the podcast before, he stepped up his equipment this year. Right? Oh, big time. With the car and the engine big program. Time. And, and look for improvement there, too. I mean... His his engine builder Harold Martin's no dummy. He's mm-hmm. a very intelligent uh, engine builder, and, and he knows exactly what he's doing and knows what's going on with that engine program. And mm-hmm. I I think that there will be marked improvement over the way Morley's car runs this year. Yeah. Well, one thing he's not is a is a Will Ferrell <laughs> no. impersonator no. because he uh, he was under the weather. I, oh, yeah. I drug him up there and tried to get some uh, Ricky Bobby quotes yep. out of him, but he just wasn't up for yeah. it. Yeah. Well, he definitely didn't know what to do with his hands. Is that right? <laughs> Still fun. Oh, yeah. That, that was a good time. Yeah, it was a great banquet. You know, with a great, great turnout. And I think everybody had a, had a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I know I did. Yeah, it was a good time. Well, let's, uh, let's change gears here just a little bit and, and talk about what we've heard about coming up in the, for the 2019 season. Uh, we mentioned the last time that we sat down and talked that um, – Alex Kish would be in a new McElbane car for 2019. Well, mm. uh, Mike Peters, he uh, he's a he's another one of those guys from the other side of the state. His son Nick is moving up to the 890 class, the advanced class, okay. and they're getting a, a new McElvain car built for him as well. Right, I think so, I've seen a little bit of that on yep. Facebook. Right, yep, that one's getting close. That uh, would imagine that's going to be off to powder coat here shortly, and and we'll be. Seeing some pictures coming up, I would imagine within the next few weeks of that car coming together, mm-hmm. and a couple couple new looks for some guys. Uh, Butch Foster's been busy throwing down some paint. Yeah, he painted his Camaro. It's uh, kind of going back to the bad Tweety thing that he had on his <laughs> S10. Mm-hmm. You know, back years ago, it's it's bright yellow and you, you mm-hmm. can't miss it. He, I haven't seen it in person, but the the pictures you know that he's posted on Facebook sure do look oh, nice. Oh yeah, it looks great from all angles. And uh, and he also painted Monty Mori's Monza as well, so mm-hmm. that's not going to be the burnt orange anymore. It's red. nice red yeah. with some black in it. Nice. It does. It looks it looked really nice. Must be pretty good at applying the paint because you know, these cars are shining. They're looking good. They he does do a good job, and and I know the uh, the the S10 that he had, he painted in the gravel driveway. What? <laughs> there was there is hardly a speck of dust anywhere in that. So <laughs> he oh, he does wow. he does do nice work. Yeah. And uh, you know, talking about Monza's uh slamming Sammy Jones, Stan Jones uh Monza's got undergoing a complete rebuild. They took that thing right down to the chassis mm-hmm. and took it down to the car wash and sprayed it all out, mm-hmm. decreased everything and Okay. Things have started to come back together. All new tin work, new Lexan. He uh, he had an issue last year with it. it. The windshield tried coming into the car going down the track. <laughs> and yeah. uh, luckily, luckily Kevin Gruneveld saved his old windshield. And it, I mean, a, a Monza's a Monza, so it fit, it, it fit right in there. And <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So <laughs> it's going to be all one color this year. I don't know if it'll all be one color. It is for right now. Yeah, I saw yeah. the primer pictures. So it's all but, in primer. Uh, Ken Skinner's doing the paint job on that, and he mm-hmm. does a nice job. Oh, good. He's he yeah. did the paint job on the on their junior dragster as well. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm Skinner. curious to see what that one turns out like, but I I do know that it it will be nice. Ken Skinner's got the uh, the Henry J, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. That's a beautiful car. Exactly. Did you see Mike uh, Taffel's 
post there on, on the, uh, the, uh, the no. mention he made about the paint job on his dance car. He thought he ought to paint the whole paint the front end red. Oh and the yeah, whole yeah. Car <laughs> primer in the back. Just switch it up. Just change it up a little bit. Yeah. I, for one, have been kind of sick of looking at that thing. So maybe, uh, maybe seeing this too, <laughs> maybe looking good this year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And good. you know, keep the keep the key off in the golf cart. Just just a, a public service announcement when it's in the trailer. Mm. The, the whole reason that thing <laughs> wasn't the same color is he <laughs> he was unloading it one day last year, I think. Maybe it was even the year before at the end of the year. Anyway, mm-hmm. he was unloading the Monza, and somehow or another, a, a bag chair slid off the seat of the golf cart, landed on the gas pedal of the golf cart, oh. and it backed right into the front end of the car, tore the whole front end up. Oh, <laughs> so just uh, when you when the golf cart goes into the trailer, just shut the key off. Do yeah. yourself a favor. You know. One last thing to yeah, remember. Huh? Exactly, exactly. So and then uh, Connor Seabright, he, uh, you know, a new paint job on that car. He tested at the end of last year. On the, on the oh. junior dragster. Did he? Yeah. He, I thought he just tested it in the parking lot up there at Seabright well, Machine. He, he tested it here right at the very okay. end of the season. Now that you mentioned, I think I do remember Yep, that. and yeah. it was black then. It's no longer black. I think they had some leftover paint from the Willys, mm-hmm. and it ended up, I think it's that goldish color Nice. that, uh, that the Willys was. Mm-hmm. And Connor did a lot of work on that himself. I know that he, mm-hmm. was, he did a lot of wet sanding on it. And I don't wow. know if he shot it himself, but... He definitely yeah. put a whole lot of work in it, so they yeah, they're uh, they're definitely excited about stepping into the the junior dragster ranks. But mm-hmm. Connor will be running in the beginner class this year. Yeah, he's an amazing little kid and uh, way bit, way ahead of his years. Oh yeah, that, he's he's definitely loves the loves the machine work and, and mm-hmm. likes to get his hands dirty. So a, a couple races, actually one race that we've got coming up. Uh, there's some more news come out about. Mm-hmm. That's the Motor State Knockout. Yeah. We, we we referenced this uh, maybe a couple podcasts ago that it had gotten a name change and, and Motor State stepped up to be the title sponsor of the mm-hmm. of the race. That was the no prep triple crown the last couple seasons. Right. And they have poured a ton of money into it the last couple seasons and they've stepped up in a big, big way again oh, this man. year. Yeah, this is a June fifteenth. It's right in the middle of June. Okay. So yep. we should have a good uh, good weather for that one. Great. Now what they've added to this deal is the addition of late model muscle cars yeah. to the eighth mile no prep race. Yeah, both stock and modified classes. So that's the that's like the, the new Camaros and Mustangs, Mustangs. and Challengers. Yeah, Cobra Jets, the yeah. Challengers. Maybe maybe Copos. Cameron would get in it on with his charger. I don't mm, know if that maybe. if that counts, but he mm. he just he just stepped out of the, the recording, so he'll he may catch this when, when they go to edit it, but yeah, I think it's a good he, idea. I think he should race. I uh, think we we'll, should buy him an entry. We, we should get him in on it. Yeah. So anyway. But uh, seventy thousand dollars. Seventy thousand dollar guaranteed purse for the event. That's, that's huge. That's that's huge money. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's there's a. Let's see. Just kind of going through this a little bit. It'll be the like we said, the late model muscle cars will have two divisions, stock and modified, mm-hmm. and they're going to run along with the big tire, small tire, and outlaw street. The race, the day-long race program, will showcase some of the best no-prep competition a- available anywhere. So, and then the the purses of that seventy thousand dollars, the winner of the late model stock division takes home five grand. So, I guess if we get him, if we get Cameron in on this late model stock, mm-hmm. and he wins the five grand, I think we're we should be each in for a grand. What do you think? Yeah, actually, if 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 you hit their site, there's a little video. Oh, okay. I think they even said six grand for that stock class. Really? That's uh, maybe it's getting better, but maybe. it might be an update. 
And then in and in the modified side of that of the the late model muscle, it it pays eight grand to win. Mm-hmm. So just a ton of money. So what's the difference between those classes? I mean, with a with a supercharged Copo Camaro being the modified class, I don't know. Or? I'm not sure exactly how First that stop. works, but I do know that they've got a full list of rules and and okay. schedule and everything on the Lanes website. Good. Good. So you can get to it from there, and you know the the event and class rules are available. So they that might just, be fun uh, to watch. Yeah, I think it'd be a great. You're going to draw some cars for that thing, and the, and the other is a big tire, small tire, and it's the, one the other Outlaw class. Street. The Outlaw, Outlaw Street, Street is a that's a that's a, a legitimate streetcar class as well. They have to they have to go on a cruise. Oh, you know they they, they okay. have a, a route set up to, so they've got a cruise and they can't really make any changes and come down. Yeah. And whoever's got the best average, I believe, is the way that goes. Like Greg Sear and yeah. Jimmy Klein. Those yeah, guys, they All might those do guys, that. They may they may be part of that. And, and that's we'll ten grand to win each of those classes. Yeah. Unreal. That's <laughs> that's great, and, and it's it's cool to see that kind of competition here yeah. at Thirty One. Yeah. So. The other thing that we've got coming up, February 23rd. Now, if you are any kind of gearhead, which I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you have to either be one yourself or know and care about somebody who is. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff going on on the 23rd here in West Michigan. The the Lane Automotive Safety Summit is, you know, from 8 to 2 that day. It's in Waterville at at Lane, right? At Lane Automotive. Mm -hmm. And they've got all of the top manufacturers for all the safety equipment their reps will be on site. Mm-hmm. I know Impact Racing will be down there debuting their new their new series of, of safety equipment. Oh, um, yeah. Sparco's down there, and there, there's, there, there's everybody's going to be down there. A dozen or so. Oh, yeah. manufacturers. Exactly. Safety equipment. And it's it's going to be. They've got some seminars scheduled to talk a little bit about safety equipment. <laughs> they've got um, some of the communications uh, companies that will be there as well, and they'll they'll. Do the custom molding of the like for the, the helmets? The not the ear the not the helmets so much as the like the microphone in your ear that the headphone mm-hmm. in, that goes in your ear right. insert thing nice. um, just for some communication. I know that may not apply so much here as it mm-hmm. does in the circle track, but mm-hmm. it's also it, it could be applicable here. So if if you've not heard of that, get on Lane's Facebook page or their website and check that out. There's mm-hmm. a lot more information on there as far as what to expect with that. Okay. And then you go home for a little while, take a nap, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe get something done on a Saturday. But then make plans to be at Shifters in Kalamazoo. On uh, West Main. On West Main, right across the street from Menards. This is the uh, racer's party. This is the racer's party. Put together party. by uh, yep. uh, Mark Wessler and Chris Wells. Chris Wells. Those we, two We talked a to Chris job. a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we talked to him. And uh, he mentioned some things about it. And... Uh, I talked to Mark a little bit today and got some of the some of the companies that are that are involved in this thing, and it's I I don't know I don't have all the details as far as how the stuff is given away, mm-hmm. but there are there's so much so much stuff to be had at this. I think thing. it's door prizes. I think we buy yeah. tickets for the raffle. Right, right. And I think that's how most of it goes, and then the the uh, proceeds go to draw. Right. Okay. Yep. Drag Drag Racers Association of Women. Right. Yep. That's to to help out with with on track incidents and expenses mm-hmm. and stuff as far as the the medical costs and stuff like that. Anybody's that injured yeah. at the track. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful so cause. It is. It is a great cause that, I mean, realistically could affect any one of us at yep. any point. Our families, yeah. So just a, just a quick highlight of some of the, some of the companies that have, that have stepped up and, and donated prizes for this thing. FTI, DRE, Engine Diapers, VP Racing Fuels, mm-hmm. the Million Dollar Drag Race. 
like the million down in Montgomery, oh, Alabama. Really? His is stepped up and, and has a giveaway. I don't know exactly what the giveaway is, if it's an entry into the actual million, mm-hmm. or maybe it's into the, the triple twenties or whatever they've got for this year. Either way, somebody's gonna win a cha- a chance to go down there and race. Wow, fantastic. So the World Footbreak Challenge, which I mean I I'm I'm really hoping that one's got my name on it, but mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens. Uh Porta Tree. Uh, they make they make the, the best practice, practice trees, trees out wow. there. Uh yep. Competitive suspension solutions, JRI, race pack. I mean, you can't you can't have data acquisition and not talk about race pack. Mm-hmm. So they they've stepped up. House of Pain starters. Mark Payne does an awesome job with with the starters and alternators and everything. Wow. He sounds like he's going to give away a starter. Beyond the racing products, I can only imagine what all they're going to give away. They mm-hmm. they support stuff like this in a huge huge way. Good. And mainly performance kind of rounds out the list of of companies that have that have gotten involved with this thing. As of now, I know Mark and Chris are continually working on making getting more stuff to give away and making this thing better. Yeah. So yeah, this is the second annual and second the annual. First yeah. one was a big success, and I think it's imperative that uh, most racers get to this thing. Oh, on the for 23rd sure. 23rd of February, Shifters Bar and Grill there on uh, West Main Street, yep. just just uh, a bit west of 131. Yeah. So it sits on the uh, south side of the road. You can't miss it. Just follow the crowd. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Get there early, get a good seat. Oh yeah. Well, we didn't we didn't highlight this part of the of this podcast in our intro, but you know, I've I've heard a few little blurbs here and there about this Gary Hunt guy. He's the he's the announcer here at one thirty one. He's also the co host to Modified to the Lanes. <laughs> but Gary's got quite an illustrious uh career bracket racing that was in the seventies and the eighties. Mm-hmm. And I I mean I I'm really interested to find out a little bit about it. I know I've heard a few little things about it here and there just from from guys that have been around a little while, but hopefully hopefully you'll enjoy this part, but I'm I'm sure looking forward to it. Well it's not that illustrious and it is ancient history, but keep in mind when when you race back in the seventies, eighties, I was very, very young. Very young. very young, so young. In fact, I was, I think, about eight years old when I started driving. <laughs> no, I, truth is, I uh, bought my first car back in 1970. It was a uh, full-size 65 Biscayne, just a week after I turned 16. Okay. Back then, uh, Nixon was the president, and gas was 29 cents a gallon. Oh, man. If you can imagine. But I took the Martin the car to Martin the last week of the season in my sophomore year of high school. Okay. And uh, Dave Dempsey, the, the tech director at the time, great guy, he told me that the car, he says, this particular car fits this N pure stock class perfectly. He says, it's the lightest car in the class. You have a, a pretty good potential race car here. And I was hooked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that winter, I took over my dad's garage, kicked his out in the snow, and uh, started preparing this car for the you know pure stock wars back in 71. Sure. So, But back then, we ran for trophies you know, for class. Okay. And I, and I won a bunch of those. But when it came time to go to the pop rod meet and run against the other cars who were running against these national records, I never did much good on that okay. on that larger stage. And, uh, but I, I had some fun through those years. And in 72, I traded that Biscayne uh, for Gary Hammond's car. Now, Gary Hammond just passed away uh, yep. last fall. But he had this uh, tax dollars car, the big uh, four-door Caprice. Okay. 65 Chevy. And so we, we traded cars. He ran mine and... Super stock, and then I ran uh, his in, P- in uh, P stock with a 283 uh, four barrel Muncie four speed. 
Okay. And then uh, we traded back about a year later. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Now, now I'm going to cut in here real quick. Sure. At that time, basically, in order to race here on a, as a as a competitor, your car had to fit within a national class designation, oh, yeah. right? Oh yeah. It wasn't there was there wasn't a bracket racing at that time. Right. You had to you had to conform your car to whatever the national standard rules right. were. You know, uh, pure stock kind of morphed into stock eliminator. Sure. And there was junior stock before that, but the pure stock cars we started out in uh, became kind of stock class racers, but a uh, seven inch slick. Okay. Had to have the right everything, had to be uh, the right carburetor, or the right tag, all the numbers had to match. Oh, it. yeah. It was, uh, you know, very, very hard to cheat and get away with it. For sure. Back then. Uh, in the 74, I built a 66 Bel Air. And installed that same drive screen in it to uh, run O stock. You know, this is still with a four speed, big okay. full size Chevys, right? But the stock rules were, were very strict. You know, we we try to run against the national record, and that, that was your dial in every week. There was no breakout. Oh, so, okay. You know, this is a, this is subject to being set in other parts of the country, and and you had to sure. live with it. Now, now, but, what was the 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 ETs back then. So I think like old that old stock record I set was like fourteen twenty four. Okay, something like that. Yep, jamming, no, jamming gears. Not not all that fast, <laughs> but a big heavy car. You know, two tons of fun. But I uh, I did set the the record with that car. Uh, you know, head porting wasn't allowed, but Jerry Arnold would do as much as he could. Sure. You know, he'd swap the valves around, to make sure every chamber is the same. He'd shave them down, make the mo- you know the the minimum CCs in each chamber and. He'd put a bunch of angles on the seats. Oh, yeah. For the valves trying to get the flow as best he could. You know, set the valve springs at highest legal allowable tension. Sure. But uh, when you go to a, set a national record like you did, I think it was in Columbus when I did that, you had to go through the teardown process. Oh, yeah. You know, yep. So you'd bring them a cylinder head to the bench, and they'd, they'd, do, they'd mention it, and they'd come back to the car, and they'd measure the bore and stroke and the camshaft profile. And it was a nerve-wracking experience. Oh, I'm sure. And then uh, they'd give you your head back, and you and then you pull some gaskets out, put it back yep. together to race. So oh yeah, it was quite a different deal. In '74, uh, Bob Phillips and I teamed up, and we put my drivetrain into a Chevy Two. Oh, it's okay. So '66 Chevy Two, and it was you know a thousand pounds lighter. Yeah, as I said, that's got to be quite a bit lighter. And started running K stock. I, I learned a lot from Bob, you know, and uh, had a, probably more fun race than I ever did before. Okay. Uh, one one memorable weekend, you know, there was a whole crew of us with. Denny McMakin and Dan Outing and a okay. and a drive-on truck, and we all headed down to the Indy Nationals. And there was a bunch of these K-Stock 66 Chevy 2s, just like ours. And I got down to the last three cars. And, of course, my luck, uh, I did not get the buy. Oh, yeah. But uh, I got beat. Then we loaded up and headed back to Martin as fast as we could. So uh, got up to Martin just in time for first round, no time trials or anything, and I ended up winning stock that night. Oh, no kidding. And I actually beat Louis Hall in the final. Oh. And he was not amused. <laughs> I bet not. Does he Does he tell the same story, or is that one just kind of uh, one that he, he Somehow he forgot that to one. Mention. Oh, yeah. yeah that, okay. But anyhow, it's, it's all in fun. <laughs> he, he loaded up, or we loaded up after that night and headed up to Manistee County Dragway for Sunday and Monday of the Memorial Day weekend. Really? Or Labor Day weekend, which is now Northern Michigan Dragway. Okay. And, uh, well, needless to say, a lot of brain cells were burned that weekend. <laughs> I don't even remember how we did up there at Northern. But the funny thing is that that car that beat me at Indy when there's three left, yep. he won the class and was thrown out of tech and was found illegal. Oh, And he no. gave the win to the runner-up. Oh, no. Talk about being <laughs> at the wrong place. The so wrong he could time. have been running eliminations if, right. I, if I would have won that class. Right. 
But wow. that uh, one time I learned a hard way with that little car about uh, uh, excessive braking. <laughs> I was uh, going through the lights against uh, Gary Long at Milan, you know, neck and neck in a, in a good close race, and I slapped the brake pedal pretty hard, and I spun, yep. spun that car right around. Oh, no kidding. I won the round. Yep. But when I got up to the ET shack for my slip, they were shaking their head. No, no, you're done, sir. You're all done. For huh? that little stunt, you are out. And I uh, got back to the pits. I'm still shaking, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, Bob Phillips is laughing. He thought it was so funny. But, man, <laughs> I was spinning around in a car that had no rollover protection. Right. He rolled rolled the one tire, the rear tire, right over and tore it right down to the, the cord on the side. The sliding wow. like that. And it actually popped the rear window loose. Really? And the body twist. It was scary. I bet so. But uh, we, uh, <laughs> I changed, you know, back in those stock days, I changed cars quite often, to, you know, just to chase these softer records. Sure. As soon as somebody lowered a national record somewhere in the country, you had to deal with that. That was your new dial, and that was your new class okay. standard. You know, somebody could set a record at a low-altitude track, or or somebody's probably a lot smarter than me, sure. was, was setting these records, and so I would be changing, changing these bodies around quite a bit. No so one, one time at a drag race banquet that was organized by the Roberts and Arnolds, yep. uh, Jerry Arnold gave me the award for being able to change cars faster than I can change gears. <laughs> Still got that. That's, I love that's it. That's pretty good. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of that, that whole way of racing is, is really kind of what Competition Eliminator is today. Mm-hmm. Except that, that's not done at a weekly basis. Yeah, uh, you know, as a weekly, you know, just a regular grassroots track. Yeah, except but, for the addition of what is it, the CIC thing that right. they do when, yep. at the, at the, when you run well under. But right. Yeah, that was it. That's uh, It was uh, no breakout. No so kidding. That's you could do with what you had. That's pretty cool. Yeah. In 75, uh, that was kind of the pinnacle of that. 75, I prepared a huge 67 four-door Caprice with big foamy seats in it that fit perfectly in T-stock with a 283 two-barrel. Okay. If you can imagine a four-speed, you know, this is well over two tons now, this car. <laughs> the two feet on the gas off the starting line. Yep, with and, just a little 283, and, just a wheeze. And banging down through these gears, and, and the record was 1540. Okay. So we got the car all set, and we piled in, the, you know, piled everything in the in the van, and we you know, towed it out to the Winter Nationals in February, in right? Pomona. In February of 75. No kidding. Which is a race coming up right now. It'll right. probably be happening before this podcast comes out. Right. So that was in February. We pulled into Orange County to do a little testing, and I ran 15.05, almost a half a second under. Wow. I thought, this is good. We're celebrating high fives and all that. We got to, got to the, the venue at, the, at Pomona, opened up the latest copy of the National Dragster, and they, just, and they put in the newly imposed index system. Oh, no. And the T-stock index was then set at fourteen eighty. Oh no! And I never hit fifteen oh five again. So you were you were two tenths off so, at the best. Yeah. <laughs> now I won I won the class. Uh, got through teardown okay. Put the engine back together. I did get to the third round before I got beat in eliminations. But I spent the rest of that year racing at the Martin Dragway here with with pretty much a non-competitive car. Oh, what a bummer! But one thing. I sure learned how to cut a light. Oh yeah, I'm sure right? you had to. It was pre pre uh, time trial or pre uh, reaction timers. Okay, we didn't have those back then, but uh, you could tell. Oh yeah, when it, you, it you was get away with a good light. Red you then, can right? feel it, right? Yeah. So the very last week of that year, it was '75. John Grivens offered a hundred bucks to win a bracket race. Really? So I I put my hand in the air immediately, and I yep. jumped in there, and I won that race. 
No kidding. You know, and I knew right then that, you know, bracket racing was the way to go. Was that the first bracket race here at 131? Yes. So you have the, the claim <laughs> to fame of being the very first <laughs> yes. bracket race Unofficially, winner at I, 131? I yeah, I don't think That's it was, cool. ever went down in the, in the record books anywhere, but I think so. And so, yeah, the next year they had these, uh, you know, ET brackets set up. Sure, okay. And uh, we, uh, the next winter, by the way, is, of course, I, I'm kind of jumping ahead, but that uh, that next winter, we, you know, the same guy that told me out, a good friend of mine, uh, Butch Van Spronson, that I told to California with, okay. we took his Camaro to Florida the next year. Oh, really? And uh, we had this little hippie van that we hauled everything in, and we <laughs> trailered his big block Camaro down there, and we entered a bunch of races at DeSoto and Bradenton and stuff okay. like that. He, he had some success, but I ended up winning more money with a hippie van. <laughs> you, <laughs> you raced the, the tow vehicle. Yes. <laughs> And, and then one more time, excessive braking got me. Really? This time, I uh, actually hit the brakes in, in one of the late races and dumped the cooler over inside that carpeted van. <laughs> there was there was beer cans and, and ice <laughs> all over the inside of that van. Unfortunately, that's where Butch had to sleep was down on that floor. Oh, no. Day. So it, uh, excessive braking got me one more time. The, the, the shag carpet absorbs a whole lot of water, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably still wet. <laughs> So in 76, I said goodbye to that Muncie four-speed that I'd been yanking on for five years, and I built, yep. a, built a 350 with a 400 turbo, put it in that Caprice, and switched to bracket racing. Okay. So with just two pedals in the car now, it got, sure. it got real simple. Oh, yeah. And I said, you know, it was very, very consistent. It was running about 14 flat. I won the, my first season points championship in 76. Okay. I, okay. Uh, when that season was over, I got a, got a hold of a 68 Camaro. It was about 1,000 pounds lighter. Oh, I'm sure. And that Camaro is the Camaro I stayed in years. And it, Caprice became a, a, a very nice tow car. Oh, I'm sure it did. <laughs> so in 77, uh, with a drivetrain in that Camaro, I uh, won the points chase again in 77 in Sportsman at, at Martin. Okay. In 79, uh, my wife and the family, we, we started getting into a phase of racing where I began to enjoy it more than ever. Sure. I, uh, I made the car streetable, the Camaro. Okay. And Mary and I would uh, drive up here. I'd drop her off at the tower. I'd go over and cool the car and get ready for time trials. Okay. Okay. And uh, I was actually driving to and from, and I won the points in 82 and again in 84. Wow. But uh, what was really fun is passing the guys that I beat on the highway on the way home. <laughs> and they're all on trailers too, right? Yeah. It, it kind of bit me one night. Though. One night I went uh, maybe one round too many because when, as we were heading home late at night after winning one night, I... Uh, coming around the exit ramp there on I-94 and uh, 131, and Mary says, that, that fuel gauge out there on the cowl, shouldn't that say something? Oh, and it no. was on zero, and we ran out of gas oh, right on the no. highway. <laughs> so we pushed it all the way to Oakland Drive, and a cop came and he helped me out, and I finally uh, woke our babysitter up at 4 a.m. when we got home. Oh, oh <laughs> no. At 86, I got the hits, you know, the itch to go a little faster, began towing the car. I won the uh, Sportsman Points Champion again in 86 at Martin, and, and Bob Keel helped me out, and uh, we traveled in 87 to both Martin and uh, Central. It was Central Michigan at the time, now yeah. Mid-Michigan Motorplex. In Stanton. Yeah, yep. I, I won uh, points at both tracks, at both uh, in 87 at both Martin and Mid-Michigan. Wow. Went to the division bracket finals at Indy, and I got all the way to the final. No kidding. And got beat uh, in the final round for the regional championship. So that was my best season sure. ever. Oh, it was 87. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. In 88, I uh, I just kind of ran. I had gold cards at both tracks, and I didn't have uh, 
a care in the world, and uh, I did okay. I, I did a little winning, but not much. And I, I kind of, I don't know, maybe I got burned out on 87 sure. season. My passion for racing had kind of kind of weaned away. So I sold the car, got out of it gracefully in 88, and got a lot of money for it, and was pretty happy. No kidding. Then uh, you fast forward to 2008, 20 yep. years later, Louis Hall gave me a call and told me they're looking for an announcer up here at no US 131. So I met with Jason. I asked him, I said, uh, how much do you pay an announcer? And he went into the story about how much fun it is to work here and how people do it for the fun of it. So I thought, well, <laughs> I understand I'm not going to get rich doing this, but that's okay. But I found my niche as an announcer, and I just finished my uh, 11th year last no year. No kidding. Right? That's, that's a pretty cool pretty cool story. So I, that's how it all went. I, I had no idea that you'd been out to the, the Winter Nationals in Pomona. Yeah. Down to Florida. I mean, that's 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 a lot of traveling, and, mm-hmm. and it, it it's not the the posh traveling like what I do in the motorhome. Oh I no, mean, it's <laughs> well, we were well, we had a trailer some of the time, and we were flat towing wow. some of the time. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. a bucks down deal. Oh yeah, I'm sure. But sure. Some of the stories that Just came kids. out of those days, are, <laughs> they've they've got to be really good. Some of them probably aren't suitable for this podcast. And, no. Others are, are really good uh, campfire stories, as I like to call them. And yeah. Now, how old were you back then? Back, let's say, in the in the late 80s. I was born in 85. 85. So, so you were brand, <laughs> brand new to racing back knee-high then. Knee-high to a grasshopper. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, the first time I did come here was in a car seat. So I, mm-hmm. it, You were strapped in. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> good. Still oh, doing yeah. that's, that's That's really neat. And, and hopefully... Hopefully everybody enjoyed this. Just hearing, you know, a brief overview of, of your racing background. And I mean, how many how many class championships did you win then? Seven. Seven. Yeah, class six here at Martin and one at. Um, I went over some of these old points lists. Check, check out some of the names of racing back in 1976. Oh, no kidding! Highlighted there. Look at this. This is the yeah. He's I've got a the 76 Kendall Street Eliminator Points Championship right here, and. I mean, Gary Hunt's at the top of the heat. Tom Carter's still around. Don Holden, mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's still around. He was up here for for the uh, the Funny Car Nationals at the end sure. of the season. I saw him. Mm-hmm. Gordy Casey doesn't ring a bell to me, but he's the, uh, still racing IHRA. With oh, a really? Six cylinder wagon. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Okay, good for him. Louis Hall, you can't you can't relate like, like a piece of furniture. At, yeah, I know. <laughs> One thirty one without talking to, yeah. about Louis Hall. Dennis Messick, I'm assuming that's some know. relation to, to Steve. I was going to ask you. And, I had to. Walt. Same, uh, same yep, spelling. Same spelling. It's got to be somewhat related. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marv Knapp, he's still he's still around. He doesn't race. He still has his car, though. Mm-hmm. I do know that. And, How about uh, that? His son, Brian. And, yeah. You know, and Mikey. Gr- grandson, Matt. They, yep. They mm-hmm. both race. And his grandson, Matt. They all race. And Dan Gales, Danny's still racing, which would be How Danny about Gales Sr., is who's listed here? Okay, that's uh, that's his son, and he's still still at it. So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool to to kind of go through here. Dave Brown is another name on this list that hasn't been he's he hasn't been around for a few years, but he still comes up occasionally and hangs out. Mm-hmm. And uh, just kind of going through here and looking through to see some of the some of the names. That's it's crazy. People that I know that I've not heard or talked about their names in quite a long time. Now check out that uh, 10 years later. Now, that's the 87 final points list. Yeah, look at all these names that you've highlighted. <laughs> so in, in Super Pro, Eddie Hall finished second mm-hmm. in 1987. Mm-hmm. David Hedges, yeah, I mean, finished fourth. Randy Rutgers still around. Jeff Covey, 
I mean, he's he's still still around somewhere. He's he, you know he's out on a boat thing. somewhere. Yep, probably. <laughs> um, Jeff Ledford, Mike Bainbridge, Robert Hall. Wow, Ron Bone, Louis Hall. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. Lynn Ball. I mean, Lynn's Lynn's not with us anymore, but he's yeah. he's a good guy. The Mopar Madman. Sure. Yep. Ken Skinner. We talked about him painting Stan Jones' car. That's right. So same, Steve Closter. Yep, that's uh Phil Robleski was racing back then. No kidding. Gordy Steinbeck, he's uh he's kind of stepped away from it, but mm-hmm. still still has a passion for it. Yeah. Uh Dave Mathis, I know he's getting things ready to to go again this next year. Trent Grossman. Oh man, that that's a name I had no, heard from the past. This is a thirty yeah. one year old points list. Yeah, that that's crazy. That that's unreal. Donnie Closter was on the points list running super pro then. Yeah. And look at that. Gary Hunt at the top of the heap beat Craig Vandersloot by 16 points. How about that? In, in 1987. Ron mm-hmm. Walker came back this year. No, not Ron. No. Mike Walker. Mike is, yeah. is Ron's son. Ron is no longer with us. Right. And Steve Town still racing somewhat. Um, Brian Knapp, Marvin Knapp, which we talked about before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wayne Holden. He still comes around. Every, once a year. Once a year. Yep. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Curtis trailer sales, mm-hmm. Valari wagon, right? Rod Zoll, uh, he's not around anymore, but I but know Scott, Scott is. is. Scott's got his old car. Me and my IMC. AMC. Mm-hmm. Yep, George Hall, man, I I loved watching George Hall race when I was a kid. The Buick, the the, the mm-hmm. white four door Buick wagon. Yeah, he was I, he was good. What do you end up that year? He was uh, he was 18th that okay. year. Okay, okay. So uh, Doug Motman, I uh, still I, going. I saw Doug Motman. Was it earlier this week or last week at work? Oh, really? Yep. He works on uh, hydraulic lifts. Oh, okay. So he he was in doing some training he's or got inspection his or something. He's Dodge Challenger. He still races quite yep. regularly. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's got that. Art Parker. I mean, that, that guy's been around forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Racing back in 87. Uh, yeah. Yep. Brian Oros. He, you know, yep. he, Another he, top racer. Yeah, he raced. Ron Rutgers. Ma Hall mm-hmm. finished 26th. <laughs> what 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 did what was she racing back then in '87? Do you re- have any? Don't know. Could it could have been? The, was it the Grand the National? It might have been. It may have been. I don't the remember anything else. Grand National. Yeah. Ron Rutgers and Orville Errington. Orville yeah. Errington. Orville's Orville's granddaughter Hannah right. is racing junior dragsters now. Mm-hmm. He's right alongside. Uh, Greg Myers crash finished <laughs> second and tied for first in street. Mm-hmm. That's a uh, he. I see him every now and again. Yeah. 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 And uh, Cindy Hall. It's yep. not Cindy Hall anymore, right? No, I, I, I guess it's Cindy Harder. But, Cindy Harder, right. But uh, she had a Monza back then. Okay. Mm-hmm. Phil Robleski and Curtis Holden, which would have been Wayne, Al Wayne's dad. dad right? mm-hmm, both. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was yep. the, uh, the, the patriarch. Okay, mm-hmm. yep. Man, what a what a, <laughs> fun, what a fun walk through. Jeff Javling. I believe he drove for Phil Veldier. What? At one point. Is that right? I believe so. I Correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, that, that they had could the, be the case. The bikes were in a separate class, right? Yep, they did. But I think he drove one of Phil Veldier's cars mm-hmm. at one point. Jim Klein, he, uh, I remember him wrecking a bike here one time back when I was a kid. Ooh. Yeah, it it wasn't as bad as it, it could have been. It definitely... I didn't see Andy Meadema on the list, but he was racing back then. Really? Okay. Yeah, so, and he quit for a while, and he's back. Okay, Butch Panicki's a name that I don't see on here that... Mm-hmm. I know. I remember watching. He's him been around that long kid. too. Oh yeah, he's definitely been around that long. Yeah. No kidding. That is that is really neat to see. 
to see a, a you know a blast from the past. So like walk that. down memory lane and, it's, and when you were one year old strapped in a car seat. <laughs> right. How about that? <laughs> just the other day. Yeah, just just yeah. Uh-huh. Just yeah. the other day. That's fun. That's how we get through the winter, right? It is. It is. And and I hope I hope like I said before, I hope everybody enjoyed this little trip down memory lane with with Gary. <laughs> I know I know I certainly have and I really appreciate you digging through the archives and, and coming up with the, the you know the, this this whole thing and and the timeline and everything I've I've really enjoyed it Gary yeah it was fun so yeah like Don Holman always says the older we get the better we were you're you're right you're exactly right <laughs> <laughs> so well that's gonna put a wrap on this episode number twenty three and we're gonna we're gonna start thinking about getting getting these a little bit more regular mm-hmm. you know that the warmer weather's just around the corner yeah we're just a couple of months away right from yep. testing too yep so we've uh this one should release sometime you know the first week of february which we're in right now right mm-hmm. and look for next month in march at the beginning of the month we are tentatively scheduled to sit down with jason peterson okay and talk some more details on the schedule and hopefully get an update on the track improvements, you know, the RV sites and um, the 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 ridding of Lake Howard over there yeah, in the pits. Yeah, that's great. That's, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Improvements then, are always nice. They are. They are very nice. And then in April, at, towards the beginning, uh, we'll have to work on a date for that one, but Test and Tune will be starting up, and mm-hmm. we will pick our teams for our fantasy league. We okay. talked a little bit off air about what that's going to look like, and... If you have any input, let us know. Send us a message on Facebook or, or however you might get a hold of us. If you got our phone number, give us a call or text us or whatever. Mm-hmm. Let us know if you'd like to see that go maybe a little bit different. Um, right now, our thought is to kind of do it the same way we did last year. Mm-hmm. And we are, I guess we're open for suggestion as far as what the what the punishment is for Cameron next year when, well, when he loses. Cameron, Cameron will get first pick this year. Yeah. I think. It's only fair. Yep. And maybe, maybe we'll have to like – draw out of a out of a hat the classes so like maybe he gets first pick for you know the first class and then we can maybe go around or something i, yeah. I don't know we'll, we'll come up with something that's, that's trying to make it trying to make it fair for sure for sure it, it's all in good fun anyway it'll be a good sport just like he was a good sport oh yeah we're in a chicken hat last yep. year at the funny car national yeah exactly well that's gonna do it for episode 23 thanks so much again for for taking some time and download downloading and listening to our show and uh, yeah, if you, you know, d- please hit subscribe to stay up to date on all the latest from us at you know Modified to the Lanes with our podcast, and we're really looking forward to the 2019 season. Yep, we'll see you all on the 23rd. Hopefully, at Lane Automotive in the morning. Yeah, that sounds and real the shifters good. in the afternoon. Sounds, 23rd of February. Sounds like a plan to midwinter me. break. Yep, sounds great. Well, thanks, Gary. Thanks, Cameron. Thank, Thank you. you, everybody, and we'll uh, see you on the 23rd. See you then, Justin. All right. Bye.